Hey, this is Manny. Welcome to another episode of Manny Talks. I want to thank you again for making yourself available for this conversation. You should be proud that you are doing something to engage and to develop yourself or perhaps learn something new. As always, follow me on LinkedIn. If you have any comments or suggestions, I look forward to hearing from you. All right, today we're going to be predicting a bit of the future. I actually got this idea from uh, that an article, like I mentioned before, on LinkedIn titled 87 Unique LinkedIn Post Ideas. And I'm going to go ahead and give my uh, twist to that, though. I'm going to be talking about predicting the future, but I'm going to call this the recruiting edition. And uh, as I'm thinking about the 22 student recruiting season that is about to start, and that's where I'm going to focus on. So typically, campus recruiting events will begin as early as August by the nature of its selection and offers generally are made right before the Thanksgiving break. And as I'm getting ready to do some recruiting with my team, I can't help but wonder what is the recruiting season going to look like? Will it be the same as last year? Will we be challenged with new questions that we haven't had to answer before? I'm very interested in how headstrong will people be around working remotely Will some of the current social issues uh, and that are currently happening and the company perception of those issues bleed into some of the recruiting discussions that I'll have? Uh, To be frank, because of everything that's been happening in the world since COVID, each of the last few recruiting seasons has been different, and I don't expect anything less from this one. And so this has required me to be flexible and adaptable and think ahead of time as to what I think may come our way. So I'm going to start first by talking about working remotely. I think that this is going to be a hot topic issue for this recruiting season. If a company has not firmed up its stance on working remotely, it may find itself in a difficult spot trying to juggle the question with a potential candidate. Also, I believe that giving too general of an answer may also just come off as disingenuous or lacking Uh, I, for one, believe that the recruiting table is not the time to have a debate as to why one option works better for better than another. Rather, I would say recruiters should focus on just understanding what their expectations are and helping the student understand what might change depending on a role or opportunity. On the candidate side, they got to be ready to understand what their personal priority is around working remote and uh, have a balanced in their reasoning for what their position is. So the other topic I want to talk about is uh, loyalty. In the last couple of years, two very new terms have uh, taken LinkedIn by storm. One, the great resignation, and the other, the great regret. Many companies have had to deal with the pain of trying to find and train new talent as people made moves as part of the great resignation. And one would argue that, hey, this would make it a buyer's market when it comes to trying to find new roles and new jobs. But uh, now we're starting to hear of folks that regret their decision and in some cases are looking to get back into their old industries and old companies. So now this yo-yo may have left a bad taste in some organizations. And as these organizations are out there seeking talent, they may uh, be motivated to find firmer commitments from folks. These organizations will seek to gauge in their discussions if a candidate may stay at least uh, for a few assignments. 
on my end, I would say, hey, organizations, be warned that if you're trying to find a 30-year career loyalist, you're probably barking up the wrong tree uh, even at this time. Now, while the great regret may have turned the tide in a sense where folks might get a little bit more loyal, the expectations of this great talent pool are still varied. So I would say be flexible. Instead, focus on helping them understand potential career paths or different opportunities that you may be able to give them if variety is what they seek. So then let's talk about the type of uh, entry level opportunities and what those might look like. And we're still certainly in a very interesting time with the current global financial situation. Some companies are really hunkering down on spending again, not knowing exactly what the short-term future might look like. And we're also starting to see stories of major brand companies like Tesla uh, uh, who are starting to talk about doing some layoffs. And this is trying to balance between, you know, what new projects am I going to do or what am I going to commit here in the short term? And so they find themselves making some of these uh, difficult difficult decisions. At the same time, there are other industries where there uh, still is a lack of resources. And for these companies, onboarding of all their needs with brand new entry level candidates is going to be a real strain. You got to think that if there's an already an existing team and it's lacking resources, getting a bunch of and those organizations right now, maybe some of these ex- experienced folks are carrying some of the burden. Now, having to add to that training brand new people, that can be a form of strain. And so as these organizations are doing their planning for what their targets are going to be, they know that there are experienced workers out there who are looking for uh, a new opportunity because of some of the layoffs that I mentioned, or they want to reenter an industry that they once left. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the great regret uh, uh, that's kind of happening. I believe that students will find that uh, internship and co-op opportunities are still limited. And those entry-level candidates may also find that it is an extremely competitive market to get into these slots. I also believe that the opportunities will probably focus on what I call keeping the lights on. These are going to be roles that, uh, to me, are, are about maintaining the current business, the current infrastructure, you know, the current assets for a company, and helping those companies dig out of these uh, holes that they're currently in or in this recovery uh, post-COVID and post-market collapses and uh, so on. So trying to find, say, these uh, interesting, sexy, brand new design, new project, cutting edge type stuff, those are going to be some of the more difficult ones because companies are having to balance, you know, keeping the lights on and then continuing to grow and and so on. So again, just to me, that might be a bit of a, a subtle difference. Now, Let's look at this topic of about social issues, and I'm not going to get into the politics of specifics. So I'm going to talk about this more generally Uh, at the risk of sounding like a broken record. It is an interesting time, and there's many social issues that are top of mind for many. I suspect that during this recruiting season, we're going to see candidates have questions that will include these issues. It's my opinion, again, that the recruiting table is not the place to have a debate. Instead, recruiters must understand that there is a difference between answering specific, say, benefits questions 
versus talking about diversity and inclusion philosophy and resources that a company might have. So again, to contrast, one requires a very specific knowledge of, of HR policy and benefits and, and like, you know, official company stances on, say, perhaps women's health care and same-sex partner benefits, while the other type of questions or discussions may require more of an exploratory conversation around proven company inclusion and diversity initiatives and the offerings of ERGs and experiences within uh, within the specific companies. Candidates also have to understand that it's ex- it would be unreasonable for a candidate to expect a recruiter to, n- to be an expert in all things or all topics. Uh, that may not be necessarily a job requirement. Uh, both candidates and recruiters should engage professionally and be okay with uh, follow-ups as needed. What I mean by that, a candidate may have a question that a recruiter doesn't know. One, the recruiter should be comfortable enough to say, hey, you know what, I'm not, I'm not sure, but let me explore that or at least point you in the right direction. And on the flip side, the candidate should be okay that while a question was asked, not getting an immediate answer, that's okay. Um, the last topic that I'll talk about for, for here is going to be around virtual versus face-to-face recruiting. I think that this upcoming recruiting season will no doubt still be a combination of both in-person and virtual recruiting. At this stage, I would say that the belly aching around doing virtual sessions should be something that has been dealt with on both the can- at both ends of the recruiting table for the candidate and companies as well. Both colleges and companies have found that there are many benefits to doing virtual events. For example, the cost associated with it and also curbing the liability of exposure to, of COVID for the university, right, for students. But then a company is also thinking like, hey, as I'm sending my people out there, I don't want to, you know, not work, not having to deal with the risk of exposure. And what does that mean for, for the, the person's health and lost time at work? It's just, it's just something that you don't have to think about when you're when you're doing virtual events. Uh, the truth is... Uh, Many students have also found that there are a ton of benefits to doing virtual recruiting. For one, they don't have to miss as many classes, and they also get the opportunity to speak to many more recruiters. So as you're doing a virtual event, this is going to require a very very structured uh, schedule as part of that virtual platform, and this gives the student the ability to now schedule their appointments versus having to wait in long lines at conferences or at the or at the college or university for those students that in the past have been used to traveling to national uh, conferences and 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 career fairs they're going to see the benefits and they're seeing the benefits of not having to stress about funding for doing uh, for travel or having to plan fundraising activities as part of their local school organization or club both additionally both companies and students have found ways to engage and connect virtually Uh, if i go back to what was it like when when we first started having to do you know uh virtual meetings it was awkward people had these insecurities around being on camera or what they sounded like or how are they going to come off or am i going to be able to gauge body language because of the environment that we've been forced to work and 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 and, and live within, uh, some of these some of these insecurities and some of these issues have have by now been tempered. So it's almost like that's no longer 
an excuse. So as both recruiters and students are headed into this recruiting season, uh, again, I never forget. It's a fun time. I love doing it. I like engaging. And uh, I'm pretty sure that any recruiters are, even with all these difficulties and all these things that might be in front of us, that passion and that love for it has not left. So I wish both sides of the recruiting table the best of luck as you start to engage this fall.